Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I am looking for something strange. I'm sure that does not come as a bit of a surprise to you. Because you know that I am in full-blown experiment mode. 2019 is going to be non-stop, boom, 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 just like crazy experiments. And uh, regarding a lot of fascinating stuff, I'm just getting started here. Uh, Last night, you know, I went on a program that was broadcast live out of Toronto, Canada for two hours, and we actually played one of the Parasymatics 2.0 tones on that show, which is the first time I've done that outside of this podcast, and already, I mean, emails have been pouring in, it it captures the imagination, and I have a lot that I'm going to be sharing with you, as you know, over the coming days, weeks, months, I'm going to be shooting some video this week, etc., but here's the thing about Parasymatics 2.0, it was a big leap for me to get to the point where I could take an image of something, and then just you know, scan it basically and and take the laser light reflected from that scan and direct it into a photoreceptor which goes into a computer, etc., etc. And I am not only doing that, but I've been really interested in thinking about like, hmm, what can we do with physical samples of things? Do you remember yesterday's podcast where I was talking about relics and I was talking about the possibility that something like psychometry is real and that somehow physical items might actually become imbued, polarized, call it what you will, with the energy that it has been around or subjected to? Well, I want to start not only scanning images, but I want to start scanning physical samples of things. And yes, you know, you could jump straight to some kind of uh, horrific thing or some kind of historic thing, but it seems to me that I should start by getting some baselines, by examining aspects of the natural world. In particular, what I'm talking about are, well, things like animal hairs and stuff like that and you know it's no problem for me to get some uh hair of the dog <laughs> lol right or uh, or get uh hair of the cat or the guinea pig or you know whatever but i'm i'm wanting to get like a nice little sampling nothing like i mean i'm not trying to you know recreate the uh, Smithsonian Institution here, Natural History Museum, and you know, no, I, 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 just, I just need some you know basic samples of uh, of things that come from animals that uh, would be naturally shed by the animal. And so, uh, look, I've got most of it covered, but here is something that I don't have. Actually, there's a couple things that I don't have that I would like to have. I'd like to have some scales from a Komodo dragon. Okay, now, now, now I'm thinking really exotic, you know, unusual creatures here. Scales from a Komodo dragon. I'd like to have some hair 
from a Tasmanian devil. Now, look, I'm not talking about hurting these animals. I'm sure that Komodo dragons must shed skin once in a while, and I would imagine Tasmanian devils shed hair all the time. So just like in a voodoo experiment or whatever, when uh, you know you, you, you take a hair or you take a piece of clothing that belonged to somebody or you take their signature or whatever, you know, I, I'm interested in taking these things that we consider samples that might be suitable for something like a voodoo experiment or the input plate of a wishing machine and, and scanning them to see what kind of a tone they make to see if there is some kind of actual, shall I say, you know, objective quality that these things have that is a unique signature, a unique identity attached to that particular thing. So uh, I know it's going to be really hard probably to get anything from a Komodo dragon, but I'm just tossing that out there. I'm willing to pay for this kind of stuff. But uh, I, it, it should be relatively easy to get some hair from a Tasmanian devil and scan that and see what kind of tone that makes and what that sounds like and what kind of a sigil that that would make, what kind of an energy that that creature has. And I say that because, again, you know, a Tasmanian devil is, uh, it's a, you know, it, it's a very hairy thing. You know, it's a marsupial. Uh, and... It's, it's, it's just one of those rare creatures that evolved around Australia. And I've never been to Australia. My wife, Lauren, has. And, you know, you hear all the time about how Australia has got this unique selection of animals that you just don't find anywhere else in the world. Uh, and a lot of them are, are very dangerous venomous creatures especially snakes and stuff like that so um so there's something very special about australia and the and the creatures that have evolved there and around there and so to me the tasmanian devil seems like a good example of one of those weird creatures that has evolved around australia that i should be able to attain some some hair from so um, look, I'm just tossing this out there. If you are in a position to access some hair that has been shed by a Tasmanian devil, and you can demonstrate for me that it is authentic, I will be happy to pay you for that. And I will, uh, I will add that to my catalog of things that I'm scanning with my new parasymatic system. This might even turn into Parasymatics 3.0 where we go to scanning physical objects and seeing what kind of sounds and signatures and stuff we get from them. I mean, see, this is, this is some crazy, uh, amazing stuff. Uh, another thing about Australia, though, that uh, you may or may not realize is that, you know, the Aborigines, who are, you know, they're, they're ancient, ancient people, they apparently believe that they are from the stars. Uh, it, and, and it's a little, you know, some of their uh, language is a little cloudy. So either they believe they are directly from the stars or they believe that very, very early on they had contact with people from the stars. 
And one of the most interesting stories about this was uh, told to me by uh, Mobius. Mobius, for many, many years, was best friends with a paranormal investigator who is now deceased. Uh, I don't know if it's cool for me to use his name on the podcast, so I'll err on the side of caution and I won't say his name. But this guy was rich. And he, he but he was a self-made uh, millionaire. And when he made all of his money, he decided to, to go traveling around the world and to investigate personally a lot of these cultures that had a tradition of contact with the, with the star people. And the thing that impressed him most uh, was what he found when he went to Australia and hung out with the Aboriginal people there because um, he realized, okay, uh, there are a lot of tourists who go all the time to Australia and they go out to have some kind of, you know, Aborigine type of experience and he didn't want that. He wanted to have something more authentic. So he went there and knowing how the world works, he spent a lot of money, okay, many thousands of dollars uh, in order to be taken out and to actually spend days with the Aborigines and have serious conversations with them and to try to learn about what they believed. And, you know, this should almost seem obvious to you, but it, it you know, maybe this has never occurred to you. Uh, to me, it, it, I didn't really think about it, and then I heard it, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. When he got out there, in the bush with all these aborigines the i mean i'm talking the elders uh who said okay this guy's serious you know he's out here on his own he's spent the money he's done you know he's done whatever he can to get out here and learn as much as he can they told him why do you think we make boomerangs they told him that they made boomerangs because the boomerangs were the representation of the ships that the star people would fly. And so not only did they make boomerangs, but they would make the finest boomerangs so that, you know, you throw these things and by God, they'll go out and they'll do something that looks almost unnatural. They'll circle around and they'll come right back to you. I mean, that seems like magic in and of itself. You know, they've been doing that for thousands of years. And so they were explaining to him that they were taught how to make boomerangs by the star people and their ships. And so he said, well, um, can you make for me the finest, like most uh, most, uh, perfect examples of these boomerangs. I mean, like the best example of a boomerang that you can make based upon the tradition that's been passed down. And they said, well, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a pain in the ass, but, you know, you know, we, we do make these sometimes, and, you know, there there's some that you can buy at, at the gift shop. And he goes, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. He said, I want you to make me a real boomerang that's just like the ones 
that the tradition passed down culturally from the star people and and he said you know i don't care about how much it costs i just want to have one of these and so they realized he was serious so one of the elders went into his house and he brought out a trunk where he took out boomerangs some of them were hundreds of years old and he said well these are the real boomerangs and he said we can make you a boomerang like this but it's going to take at least two or three days and he said fine so guess what he sat there in the bush and watched these masters create these boomerangs that were just like the actual original boomerangs that were initi- initiated by their you know uh, their meeting with the star people and they kind of hit it off apparently uh, because they liked him so much that they, they made him two boomerangs and they also made him three prints that would go along with the boomerang and the boomerangs have you know stuff like kangaroos and crocodiles and stuff like that but the print has a creature on it and you can tell this is an alien okay it's a big tall lean elongated humanoid alien standing there on the print there's no doubt about it and they only did this for him because they liked him and because he paid them a lot of money so anyway he got these boomerangs and these prints and uh then he uh he died not too long after that and mobius inherited these mobius turned around and mobius said these belong in the Asheville mystery museum he said these are the the you know some of the finest things that i own they belong on public display and i said thank you so i happily took them i took these boomerangs and these prints and all the accompanying material but then i started getting worried uh about putting them in the museum because the museum is in the basement of the Asheville masonic temple which at this point is now at least 106 years old and I don't know how often you go and hang out in a building that's that old but the temperature fluctuates dramatically and the moisture fluctuates dramatically especially I think you know this past year Asheville had well one of its rainiest years in history maybe the rainiest year in history and some of my wooden stuff in the museum is suffering for example you know i have art bell's alien statue down there which is one of my most prized possessions and uh that thing is already you know showing signs of splintering and 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 so i'm you know we're trying to figure out like what to do to put it in a more controlled environment um so you know but it's one thing when you have a statue it's another thing when you have something like a boomerang which is so sleek and so aerodynamically designed that like any little warping is going to totally screw up the effect not that i think anybody would actually go out and throw one of these things because they're so beautifully decorated 
but it's nice to know that you could do that and so um, I've had this boomerang set with these prints and I've been waiting for an opportunity to put them on display and uh, look I just I don't have enough space I and I'm afraid that if I put them down there then they're going to get warped or cracked or something like that and so I contacted Mobius and I said I want to give this back to you. Thank you, but I want to give this back to you. And he said, I don't have a place to display them either. He said, why don't you put them on eBay and uh, let's see if somebody has a good home, a nice spot over the mantle or whatever for these things. And then um, we'll just put the money toward the museum. I said, well, okay, that sounds good to me. Because... The museum, like I say, is chock full of stuff, and we actually have a tradition every Christmas of trying to sell off some of our surplus. We didn't do that this past Christmas. I was just too busy. So I guess this is, you know, the closest we'll come to that. So I took this boomerang set with these prints, and I put them on uh, eBay, and... They should cost a hell of a lot more than they actually do, uh, especially given what I've told you about them and what you know about them. But uh, I'm going to put a link to them on uh, my Twitter account and on my Facebook page. And if you go there and you buy them, and it's not like an auction where you have to sit around and wait, you can go and buy them or, or you can make an offer or whatever. Uh, if you get these things then not only will that be uh, obviously a very wise choice, but I will also, at your request, if you want me to, you just send me a message and let me know, I will send you a handwritten note uh, confirming for you that these come from the Asheville Mystery Museum, from the collection of Joshua P. Warren, etc., etc., and I'll sign it so that you have that for posterity if you want to know what you're, what you're getting. So again, I'll put that on my Twitter page, at Joshua P. Warren, and I'll also put it on my Facebook page if you're interested in getting those boomerangs. But uh, I always pay attention, as you know, to the emails that come in, things that people are sending me. And um, I just, I want to tell you, I, I, I'm not, I am in no way trying to to sound negative right now or to to reprimand anybody but I just want you to know that you know I'm working on this project where I have this instrument pack that I've created and I'm taking it or I'm going to take it to places that have paranormal activity and I said when I announced this that I really only want to hear from you I really only want you to send me an email if you personally have direct access and control over the location that I might consider. Because, I mean, you know, I've, like I said, I, I, I've got all the stuff and the money and all that. I just am I'm trying to figure out where to put it and what to do with it. I just want to make sure that I don't have to waste time taking your email and then going and getting somebody else's permission. I say, what I said before was, email me if you have direct access. And I said, 
the caveat is, well, if you don't have direct access and you tell me about someplace, it better be pretty damn good. Well, I kind of wish I hadn't said that because I've gotten a ton of emails from people who are giving me suggestions about places, but very few, very few, from people who actually have direct access and control. I think I've made up my mind on the place where I'm going to do this. As a matter of fact, I said in a previous podcast that I think I've made up my mind. But I now am considering doing this at more than one location. You see, before I was thinking of, you know, going out grandstanding at one big ass, like amazing location. Now I'm thinking I might be in a position to do this at more than one location. And I'd especially love to start with something that is on the West Coast here uh, until the winter is over. So I've gotten all these emails with wonderful suggestions, but basically, to be honest with you, unless you can give me absolute direct permission say i am in control of this place and you can access it the suggestions that you're giving me are really not that effective so i want to to rephrase this and reemphasize this and put this out here one more time if and only if you have direct control of a location that is extremely paranormally active and you are the only person that I need to talk to who can give me the permission to go there and set up my instrument pack then I want you to email me I've already taken the the suggestions and stuff about you know places were like oh you should go here you should go there you should go here you should great thank you thank you for that very much and i'm being serious but what i really need at this point is to hear from more people who have direct control of the location who can say you don't need to talk to anybody else but me i listen to your podcast i control this property i know what you're doing boom here's your access okay now like i say i'll pay you for it but i just need to know that i don't have to take your suggestion like you're some uh tour guide or you're 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 in a tour pamphlet or whatever and then turn around and try to explain cold to somebody what i'm doing um i really would i i need to work with people directly who can control the property so if you go to joshuapwarren.com and you scroll down the homepage, you'll find my email address there and you can let me know if you have a place where you feel damn certain that I'm going to set up my instrument pack and I'm going to capture a video, uh, well especially video, but you know basically I'm going to capture a full bodied apparition. I'm not looking for little orbs zipping around or misty things. You know, I've been doing that for almost 30 years. I want to capture a full-bodied apparition 
360 degrees and uh, you know I've got the whole thing set up so uh, the other thing I'll tell you is that this Thursday night which is going to be well the last night of January January 31st I will be at the roulette wheel once again at 8 p.m. Pacific time and uh, I'm going to be trying out once again phase four of my roulette experiment now you know I I've tried this a couple times before and I haven't been able to do it because the poles have been tied up so I'm going to try this once again and then after that you know we'll see what happens but uh, bottom line is if you were correct during phase one phase two and phase three that I want you to participate in phase four the link to phase four is on my Twitter page so you can look that right up and click it and uh, and go and put your your input in there because I will be heading back to the casino this Thursday night to try out phase four once again and uh how however that turns out is going to determine how that i um continue this experiment i might end this particular experiment and start a new one or i might keep pushing forward with this experiment it just depends on what happens this thursday night so that's a reminder on that but uh, anyway, uh, as you know, I have a lot of stuff going on. Like I say, I have to shoot some footage over the next few days. I'm going to be flying to Colorado uh, here soon to uh, do a, another episode of Beyond Belief with George Norrie for Gaia TV. Uh, my goodness, uh, just a hell of a schedule. And uh, And I have to sit down and read through the contract I got for the Mosquito project from sav oh man i can't wait to sit down and dig into that it's just going to be fascinating because i've never gotten a contract like this you know i mean who who gets a contract like this so i'll be doing that i have so much stuff going on but i want to just remind you one more time before i end this podcast that if you go to my twitter account you will find a link to that ebay um I don't want to call it an auction, but it's an eBay offering for those boomerangs and prints from Australia. I would keep them myself, but the thing is, I'm telling you, I am, I I wouldn't call myself a hoarder, but I have been such a collector throughout my life. I have so much stuff. I just don't have the space to display it anymore. I don't have space in my own house. I don't have space in the museum. So this is an opportunity for you to get something really cool. Just go to my Twitter account, click that link, and uh, you'll see what's what's there. And, uh, you know, like I said, if, you, if you're not happy with the, the price, which you very well should be, uh, you can make an offer or whatever. But if you get it, then you just send me a message and I will send you a handwritten note authenticating that this is a part of my collection 
and the collection from the Asheville Mystery Museum. So just go to my uh, Twitter feed, at Joshua P. Warren, for that. And, you know, if you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, you'll find links to everything, like my curiosity shop, where I have all all kinds of cool stuff that you're never going to see anywhere else on the Internet. And um, if you click the link there at joshuapwarren.com to this podcast, this podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily, because I try to leave one for you every day if I can. It's always short. It's always free. And uh, if you click the link to Joshua P. Warren Daily, well, then uh, what you'll find is that you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.